Welcome to the study of God's Word with pastor and author Ed Taylor, recorded live at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media or to tune into our live stream services, visit us online at calvaryco.church or download our free Calvary Church app. Now here's Pastor Ed to take us into our study. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles, open them to Romans chapter 12. We are studying verse by verse through the book of Acts. We've paused in chapter 6 for quite a few weeks as we are learning what it is to serve God. And in particular, we're on the fifth gift today of the seven primary spiritual gifts that are listed out for us in Romans. Notice with me in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, and then I love verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. And we're jumping in now looking at the fifth primary motivational spiritual gift as they're listed here. And the encouraging thing is so far, many of you have already seen and discovered and had confirmed to you what your primary spiritual gift is, the one that moves you the most. Even though you can have more than one, God can give you more than one, and many of these gifts overlap in their exercise, one is primary. It's how God made you and how he fits you in the body. And one of the lessons that we learn when we're looking at these gifts is the beautiful diversity that's in the church. There's so many differences here, and yet God is able in his spirit to bring unity from diversity. So you don't have to be someone else. You don't have to be jealous of anyone else. You can be who God has made you and to exercise your gifts the way that God has placed you in the body. We get to serve him with our gifts. We're not on our own, and I love that. Now, at this point, it would be good to step back and hear an illustration of how the gifts would operate in a particular situation. So I thought of a young girl learning how to ride a bike. We'll call her Kate, and we can see as she's learning how to ride a bike, how these different gifts would operate with her in the moment. For example, if you've been given the gift of prophecy, you would approach Kate learning how to ride a bike this way. Okay, Kate, here's your bike. Get on it and ride it. You can do it, and whatever you do, don't fall off. You say, thank you so much for that gift. If you have the gift of service, you may approach it this way. Just a minute, Kate. Before you get on, let me fix that seat. It's way too high for you. Oh, and let me check the air in the tires too. And while I'm at it, let me readjust those training wheels for you. You're going to be just fine. There's always something to do for the person with the gift of service. If you have the gift of teaching, you might sound like this. This is a bicycle, Kate. Do you know what a bicycle is? A bicycle is a vehicle with two wheels in tandem, typically propelled by pedals and having handlebars for steering and a saddle-like seat. This is how you do it. Sit down, push the pedals with your feet, balancing your weight just like this. And you have many explanations for little Kate's. If you have the gift of exhortation, you might sound like this. Come on, Kate, you can ride this bike. Let's go. And then you'd run alongside little Kate, holding up the bike as she rode, cheering her on. And by the time we're done, you'll be able to see how all seven gifts are used differently by different people, but they're all needed. And that's why God has given to every church all the gifts in order to reach their community in honoring him. Today we come to a new gift, the gift of giving. Such an important spiritual gift in the body of Christ today. Before we get into the definition, let's by way of review remember the gifts. Number one, we learn that prophecy is declaring the truth. Secondly, we learn that ministry or service is practicing the truth. With teaching, we learn that that's explaining the truth. And with exhortation, we learned that's applying the truth. So we're taking a verb and we're connecting it to the truth because we serve Jesus in spirit and in truth. 
and the gifts are going to support in the Spirit and by the Spirit the truth, Jesus himself. Declaring, practicing, explaining, applying. The next gift mentioned here, as we see in verse 8, he who gives with liberality. The gift of giving is primarily a non-verbal gift. And we can define it as supporting the truth. The gift of giving supports the truth. The word give means to impart or to share. And the idea is that the person with the gift of giving loves to share and impart what they have been given by God with others. There's even a deeper meaning to this in the original language that speaks of a person who often gives sacrificially. So here's the broader definition. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to help people through giving in order to support the truth that God himself is a giver. Listen, whether you have the gift of giving or not, in representing God in a culture today, there needs to be a generosity among the body of Christ. We we serve a generous God. And one of the things that will change in a culture that's very selfish and self-centered is generosity. It can't be denied. But there are some within the church that have a supernatural gift in giving. The person with the gift of giving is motivated by a love of giving, a love of God and his gift. They love to be a part of meeting other people's needs. And they tend to see, if you have this gift, you have a a keen ability to see things that others overlook. And when you see them, You're motivated and moved almost immediately to supply those needs with your own resources. And it's an interesting gift to be exercised because people with the gift of giving usually prefer to give quietly and not draw any attention to themselves. They find a great deal of satisfaction in being a source or supply for the work of the Lord and don't generally want to be known. The person with the gift of giving takes very seriously what the Word of God has to say about giving and is always looking to give their resources away. They see their giving as an eternal investment, just like Jesus taught us. They see their giving as an eternal investment in the kingdom. Remember in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, you can jot it down. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Often people with the gift of giving also have a visionary component to their personality where you have a tendency to be very visionary and can see how things can be done on a bigger scale with just a little more help, many times financially. People with the gift of giving have financial matters on their minds a lot and have a tendency to be very successful in what they do for a living. And and listen, the gift of giving is not automatically tied to how much you have. So don't think that the gift of giving only means you, if I have a lot, then that's where the gift of giving is. No. Remember, Jesus made it very, very clear, and we'll see this throughout the study, that giving is proportionate. Don't forget that. You can have the gift of giving and looking at your own resource and say, but I don't have much. But the key is not what you have, it's what you do with what you have that's most important, and it's proportionate. I mean, if you're a multimillionaire, then your giving is going to be in a broader scale. If you're not a multimillionaire, then your giving will be in proportion to what you have. So don't think of it just giving, well, if I had a lot, then I would really have the gift of giving. No, it's not that at all. As a matter of fact, the one with the gift of giving in verse 8, he said, the Holy Spirit says through Paul, if you have the gift of giving, you need to exercise it with liberality. Liberality is another word in the original language that would speak of single-mindedness, so you have a focus on this gift, open-heartedness, and generosity, generosity, reflecting the giving heart of God. 
People with the gift of giving do think financially quite a bit, and they're especially concerned about proper management of money, or what you might say good stewardship, especially in the church. They get really bugged and upset when they see mismanagement or experience it. It often causes conflicts in the home or at work when they just see waste because they understand the value of the resources that are available to be used for the kingdom of God. Paul says, if you have this gift, do so with liberality, which is the exact opposite. Turn over to Matthew chapter 6. The person that gives with liberality is the exact opposite of those that Jesus condemned. Notice with me in Matthew chapter 6. I want you to see this as Jesus spoke a lot about giving. And the gift of giving is distinct. As you're turning there, the gift of giving is distinct from our obedience to the command to give. They're two different things. Uh, We as believers, we have a lifestyle of giving. We respond to giving. We obey the command to giving. The person with the gift of giving goes way beyond the command. It's almost like you could say the person with the gift of giving is a natural giver. They don't need to be told to give. That's what they do. It's kind of like the gift of teaching or the gift of prophecy. They don't need to be told to do that. They naturally, supernaturally do that. And this liberality is the opposite of what Jesus says. Notice in verse 1 of chapter 6 in Matthew. He says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret so that your father who sees in secret will he himself reward you openly. Those who give with liberality do so not to draw attention to themselves, but to further the work of the kingdom in the world today. Over and over and over again, the church of Jesus Christ has been blessed abundantly with those who exercise the gift of giving. There is a foundational support of those who obey the command to give, and then God will bless his church with a unique group of men and women that have a generosity about them that is extraordinary. So many times, even here in our church, as God has laid something on the heart of the leadership here and began to pray about it, he would also then independently lay it on the heart of others within the church to meet that need specifically. And I can think of over and over and over again. I mean, just thinking about the building that you're sitting in right now and the property that we have, what a long process that was for a a very little church meeting in the school that God provided for the needs of this church through the people of this church. Some of you may need to be taught this for the first time or be reminded that our church is an autonomous church, an individual autonomous church. That means all the needs of our church are met by this church, that we don't have an organization outside, we don't have a denomination that we're a part of. It is any needs of this church are met by this church, and you're a very generous church, and you have been for 22 years, and God has provided along the way extraordinary gifts through men and women with the gift of giving. Pastor Chuck Smith taught us, uh, the man that God used uh, to raise up this movement of Calvary Chapel churches, he would teach us where God guides, he's always faithful to provide. And that's true. Sometimes it's misunderstood though, as if all of a sudden we're going to go out to the parking lot and it's going to rain money from the, from the clouds. It's like, well, God's providing, there it is, it's raining money. No, it's not. The way that God provides is through his people. It's his resources. So it all belongs to him. And the way that he provides is through us, through your faithful giving of tithes and offerings, through the generosity of extra gifts. I mean, I can think of over and over, little by little by little, how would we have ever known? You know, our, our stepping into radio ministry 20 years ago was done with the gift of a very generous person who visited our church once. He actually gave a series of gifts that were far more than all our monthly, he would give a gift that was far bigger than our monthly offering. 
And, and finally, I connected with him uh, because back then, in the early days of the church, I still opened the mail. And when I opened the mail, there would occasionally be a check in there that, that I would see who gave. Now, I don't do that anymore. I don't know who gives. I don't want to know who gives. And we'll get to that later in the Bible study. But back then, I did. And I called out to this brother and I asked him, I said, are you really meaning to send this much money to us? Because this is a lot of money. He says, oh yeah, and I visited, and he had visited once because his in-laws were out here, uh, and we weren't, I wasn't here, and somebody didn't call him back. And it was one of those things where I was able to connect with him and meet him, a very generous, very successful businessman, and he gave for a series of, of months to the church here, and, and we didn't know what to do with the checks. We just put them in the bank, put them in the bank because we weren't going to use them. But then God opened a door for us to go on, on the radio here, and it was very expensive. And I thought, wow, the Lord, we got together with the leaders of the elders and said, we've got this money in the bank. Uh, so what did I do? I called him and I said, hey, you know, I know you've been giving this money. Can we use it for radio? And I, I was learning what the gift of giving looks like. And he says, Ed, Pastor Ed, I gave that to the Lord. You don't need to call me and ask me how to use that. I gave that to the Lord. You guys decide. And so it was his giving that launched us, which was separate and extra from our regular giving of the church. And I mean, you got to understand, back then, the church was hovering between 100 and 120 people gathering together. We were very small. And this was a big step of faith for us. But we really believed then and now that what this city needs is the systematic verse-by-verse teaching of the Bible. That, and so we were ready to put it all out there, and we paid for it in advance and launched off. But see, this brother, what he didn't know through his generosity, and then eventually he stopped giving. He called me and said, Ed, Ed you're just going to notice the checks aren't going to come anymore because God called us to support and build this orphanage in Cambodia. And I'm like, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And we've been friends ever since about how God uses this brother. But as we start on radio, little would he know that he's planting the seeds for us to do something far greater many years later in not only putting our studies on the radio, but making it available so other pastors can do it through the ministry of Grace FM. He would have never known that. He's just exercising his gift of giving. And it was a proportional gift to who we were that got us over the hump, learning what it meant to be a step of faith, step of faith, step of faith. And I think God understands, I mean, I don't think that I know, God understands even my own personality and weaknesses of ways that he will encourage my faith so that we'll step out and let's do it uh, and let's go ahead and put it all on the line. And then so, you know, from back then, Going on the radio was, was multi-thousands of dollars. And then what would God lead us to? He would lead us to purchase a radio station that was no longer thousands of dollars, but millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. I think when we bought Grace FM, it was $3.1 million. And by the way, if you want to know a little bit of secret about buying radio stations, you know what you buy when you buy a radio station? A piece of paper. That's a pretty expensive piece of paper. But that's what you buy. You buy permission from the United States of America to broadcast on this particular frequency. And then you're responsible for everything else to figure it all out. And, you know, we're not radio. We're, we're a little church. We don't know what radio is, but God got it all figured out. And it was the gift of giving that got us over the hump there too. You guys took care of this church, took care of Grace FM within a year. Done. So bought, paid for, and out of debt within one year through the faithfulness of the giving. So the gift of giving is an amazing gift. And even if you don't have the gift of giving, obedience to the command to give is a beautiful thing in the body of Christ. It's an important part of your spiritual growth. I realize whenever you speak of giving or when a pastor speaks of giving, pastors have so jacked this topic up and so messed it up and so taken advantage of people that you, you aren't being taught properly on what it means to give, and that's too bad. Because you'll be, you might even be sitting here, you know, honey, this is our first week in this church, and they're already asking for money. I'm not asking for anything. Just obey God. Like, the Lord will take care of His church. These testimonies are to reveal to you that whatever God has for this church in the future, He'll take care of it. It's His church. He knows how He wants. And I firmly believe this with all my heart. If God did not provide the resources for Grace FM, someone else would have done it. 
because that was his heart for this city. Someone else would have done it. Someone else would have provided it in some way that there would be simple, basic Bible studies that would support all of the churches that are on and all, you know, good Bible study in a community supports every good church. Did you know that? Because it brings health to the community. When, when They may never walk in the doors of this church and that's fine. That's why we're on the radio around the country. That's why our Bible studies air even around the world because good Bible studies support every good church and the word of God will support every community. The gift of giving is very, very important. Let's look at it as we're following the same pattern. Let's look at how did it operate in the life of Jesus. Again, it's, it's not even needed to mention, but it's important that we need to mention this. The entirety of Jesus' life, the, the, son, the eternal Son of God taking on a human body, the entirety of his life was one of giving. There wasn't anything in the life of Jesus that wasn't connected to giving. He gave up his glory. He gave up his time. He gave up his resources. He gave up his life that you and I might be saved. Jesus was and still is a giver. And we are always the receivers. God is the initiator. You and I are the responders. And Jesus, he gives. Remember in Mark chapter 10, in verse 42, Jesus calls his disciples to himself and he says, you know, you know those that are considered rulers over the Gentiles, lorded over them. Their great ones exercise authority, but it's not going to be that way among you, he says. Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The most famous, most widely known Bible verse in all, the verse in all the Bible reminds this world that God's love moves him to give. So here's the key with giving. The key with giving is not budgeting, as important as that is. The key to giving is not just grinding it out and just starting to do it. The key to giving is cultivating your love relationship with God. The more you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, the more you will love others. And one of the ways to demonstratively show your love is through giving, especially those of you with the gift. Jesus was and still is a giver. How did it operate in the New Testament? Our third point, it operated in the New Testament all over. In Luke chapter, 18, um, Luke chapter 8, we learned that there were wealthy women that supported the physical ministry of Jesus. We know that he had resources with him, financial resources with him, because you remember that rat Judas, he, when he, before he betrayed Jesus, what was one of his roles? He was so well trusted that he held the resources. He held the money. He took care of the treasury, if you will. You kind of picture a box that he walked around with, like a lockbox with the resources that were used in a practical way. We also learn in Acts chapter 16 of the woman named Lydia. Lydia was a support to the ministry of Paul. And many scholars believe it was through her successful business that she funded most of Paul's missionary trips from her business. We also learn Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, we've seen him many times. He was generous to the point where he sold his property and gave it all. He held nothing back. And he gave that sell of his property, all the resources to the early church. We know it was a, a huge example to the early church because we then met Ananias and Sapphira, who also sold. They were so close, but we know they didn't have the gift of giving because they held some back for themselves and then wanted everybody to think they gave everything like Barnabas, and we've studied that before. So the gift of giving is everywhere in the scriptures. It's just over an abundance of giving. Just like the gift of service, a person with the gift of giving is just known for their generosity. Now, like all the other spiritual gifts, there are some dangers, some difficulties, some traps, that I want to lay out for you. And then at the end today, I also want to give you some feedback on how to be a better giver, even if you don't have the gift. So here's some dangers. Number one, no particular order. If you have the gift of giving, 
you may have a tendency to take ownership of things. You may have a tendency to take ownership. That's a big danger. Because here, here's the danger in its essence. The danger is that you think what you have is actually yours. And you worked really hard for it, and you probably did. And you've invested wisely, and that's probably true. But it doesn't belong to you. You gave up all your rights when you were born again. I gave up all my rights. It's hard in a culture like ours that says, oh, no, no, it's all about you, all about your hard work. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. No, no, the truth is the Bible describes you and me as stewards. We don't use that word very much anymore, but basically a steward was a, was a, house, uh, a household oversight, like a person that was in charge of a master's resource. You could put it this way. A steward owned nothing but was responsible for everything. So they had ability to use those resources, but it wasn't theirs. They were doing it in relationship to their master or to those that they worked for. That's kind of like the relationship we might have today. If we work for someone, we're responsible to use their resources wisely. And so God has given you more in order for you to share more, not take the approach like I own all this and I can do what I want with it. Now, the neat thing is this. There is a sense where you can do what you want with it because you're abiding in Christ. What you want actually lines up with what God wants and it's perfect, but not in a selfish way. Number two, another thing with the gift of giving, especially in the church, is that you may try to be heavy-handed in the church that you give to. You may want to be heavy-handed. And the thinking is this. You might look at your giving and go, well, you know, I have the gift of giving and I know I'm very generous to my local church. And you kind of feel like you're paying the bills. Like it's all to you. Like, like I have a friend that works in Costco and if there's an upset customer, they'll be in line there talking to him and he'll say, don't you know I pay your salary? Okay, bro, your $100 a, month, $100 a year membership pays my salary. It doesn't even come close, but that attitude of, hey, I pay your salary. Well, in one way, perhaps that's true, but in another way, you are way off. You see, in the church, you need to still respect the order of leadership in the church. You still then need to respect the spiritual leadership that the Lord established, and when you give, you give as unto the Lord. You don't give with strings attached. That is the wrong way to give. And generally, someone with the gift of giving doesn't do this. But it is a danger because you may feel like, man, God has just spoken to me. I'm going to give this large sum. And because it's a large sum, the way the world operates, there's always strings attached to that kind of stuff, not in the church. You have to trust that the leadership is going to use it in such a way that will honor God. Now, this gift, again, it's worth pausing here. This gift is given both to those with a little bit of money and a lot of money. Being materially prosperous doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be spiritually prosperous. And giving large sums of, work, large sums of money to the work of God does not necessarily qualify you for spiritual leadership nor should it give you this mindset that now you can pull some levers of leverage within the church. Just walk in the Spirit, obey Him, and give as unto the Lord. Just be a servant. Don't let money or your giving mess up your servanthood. Don't ever lose that heart of service, no matter, and that's true, these gifts, it's all, it's all true. Teaching, leadership, when we get to administration, you can't let the gifts get into your head like you're the special person now. It's always God, it will always be God, and you will find your greatest joy when you exercise your gift in obedience to God. So be careful not to become heavy-handed. Thirdly, this is a big one with the gift of giving. A danger of the gift of giving is you might be overtaken by pride. It can be a very prideful gift to exercise. The danger, a danger to avoid is to give, especially in the church, to be known and recognized by your giving. If you have been here in this little church long enough, you know by now that is not going to happen here. We are not going to put your name on the building. We're not going to say, you know, well, you know, I bought that pulpit and this pulpit is a gift for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And you see it every week. That ain't going to happen because we don't care 
who gave the resources to give. Why? Because you gave unto the Lord. I mean, if we did that, there'd be names all over this building. You know, this piece of paint was given by someone. This little piece of carpet was given. Like, don't be caught up with pride. You don't give for recognition. Well, you know, I uh, repaved the parking lot. Yeah, well, go repave it and don't tell us you did it. It needs to be done, actually. So go out and start working on it right now. (laughs) And don't put your name on it. Just do it as unto the Lord. But you're not going to see names here. You're not going to have chairs. Although, you know, there may be things we like, hey, I remember when we opened this, there was such a generosity. We We owned nothing. We opened this big building with nothing because we used everything from the school. When we were meeting in the school for seven years, we used all their stuff. We owned nothing. When we moved into this big building, we had, we had nothing. No chairs, no tables, no nothing. And the church back then, and some of you were with us back then, just absolutely rose above and beyond to the occasion to, to furnish this facility. But we didn't put little nameplates. This chair was given by. This classroom was... No, why? Because it doesn't matter who gives. Because you give unto the Lord. And there's a difficulty with this pride where, well, if I'm going to give this, you know, and you might even come and make an appointment. I'm going to give this big gift, but I want. Just keep it. We don't want it. Whatever you want, you do it. We're not going to, we're not going to, we will not be beholden to man. We must follow the Lord. And if you want to give, great. We'll use it under the kingdom. I mean, I think of giving, it's so important because I think of giving like, like, like I get to come, like you're not, your name's not going to be anywhere, it's not going to be up there, but I, but I like to come and say, man, and share these testimonies of life change, I, of just all the things. I think of the resources of Grace FM and how God changed, like, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, your church is reaching all throughout Colorado. To me, it's just mind-blowing. I still can't wrap my mind around it. It's unbelievable that we get to be a part of that. Like it's just, we take it for granted because we've been doing it for 11 years, but it's just unbelievable. I don't even know how to describe it to you. And so I'll come and so this life was changed and this life was changed and this person got saved and this happened over here and now we're on on 30 states and all this, on and on and on and on. But if you didn't give, you don't get to participate. You can't celebrate. Yay! Well, did you support it? No! Then you can't. Like that was God inviting you to be a part of what he's doing and you go, no, I, I'm not, I, I need to buy this and I need a new outfit and I got to get it. Uh, great, do whatever you want with the money's entrusted to you. But understand, you also don't get to share and, and reap the benefits. And I think of just all the behind the scenes stuff because we don't know who gives. I don't know who gives here. And I don't want to know. There's a very select few people that know who give and how much they give because we don't want to serve you differently because if you give or don't. If you gave a million dollars to this church, it would be amazing. If you have it, please give it, but it would be amazing. <laughs> but I'm going to show up at your hospital bed the same way as if you didn't give it all. It doesn't matter to me. Money is not going to influence that part of me. If you gave zero and you've been just a taker from this church for 20 years, take, 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 and you call, a pastor's going to show up. We're going to show up and serve you no matter what. Money is not the relationship here. But I can tell you this, it would be very easy if you sat down with me and brought your online checking account or even if you're still writing checks and we just went through and just spent 10 minutes looking at your checkbook or your online records, it would be very easy and I think you would agree with me to tell you exactly where your heart is and how you spend your life. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so be careful that you don't give to get recognition or get attention. You're totally would be disobeying God. And then we as a leadership will be careful to make sure that we serve you no matter what. That we serve you no matter what. And that no matter how you give or what you give, the Lord. There's, there's another thing as a pastor over the years that I've noticed too when it comes to giving. And it's that, man, I... I I, you know, depending on your situation in your life, it's, it can be easy to tell if you give or not. Giving is like one of those gimmies in life. Like, just a, it's so simple. It is such a simple thing to do or obey God. And if you are unable or unwilling or resistant to do the simple things, the rest of your life is going to reflect that. If you don't do the simple things, what makes you think the complicated things of obedience are going to be any easier than the slam dunk 
and the gimme of giving. And for the person with that right now, like for some of you, you guys have the gift of giving. You know what you're saying in your mind right now? Move on, Ed. Move on, Ed. Move on. We already know that. What's next? What's the next danger? But for the sake of us that don't have that gift of giving as our primary, you then then need to take these principles and you need to bring them down to the obedience of giving. Very, very, very important. Let's get to the next danger. All right, let's go number four. And this, is, this one hurts my heart to share it with you, but if you have the gift of giving, you can also run into the danger of being taken advantage of. And that's, this, this stinks. Because there are so-called pastors today in churches and ministries that love to take your money and love to steal your money and take advantage of this particular gift for themselves. And what will they do? They'll use tactics that appeal to your flesh in order to manipulate and use you in a way that doesn't reflect the heart of God. And so I'm sorry if you've been taken advantage of. On behalf of the church of Jesus Christ, we apologize for those guys ripping you off. That is not the heart of God. I think of how many yahoos are on so-called Christian television looking in the, uh, looking in the camera right now and stealing from genuine Loving people that want to worship God. It reminded me of my mom after my dad passed away. She wasn't a big Christian television watcher, but she was lonely. And so she was watching all this television. And two things about my mom we learned. Number one, she bought every infomercial product that was out there. It was all over her house. And number two, these yahoos started to influence her. And yahoo is kind of a code word for a much deeper word that cannot be shared publicly right now. Makes me very angry. People with the gift of giving, you're only seen for your money. You're only seeing how someone can personally be enriched. And may that never happen here. 22 years, I can say with absolute certainty, the leadership of this church has never viewed anyone serving. We are here to serve you. You're not here to serve us. We're here to serve you and get your eyes on the Lord so you can exercise whatever gift you have as unto the Lord. And you can be obedient to live it out. And those listening on the radio right now, wherever you might be around the country, maybe even watching online, you're a so-called pastor, you've been ripping people off. Let me just tell you this, stop it, repent. There is a different ministry available to you in the spirit. Siri's even mad at you. Did you guys hear Siri? She's all getting involved. That's probably time to move on. The gift of giving is so wonderful. And if we kept track, we don't. We, sh we probably, I look back now as we progress and we like, man, we probably, we could easily keep track of all the ways the Lord has provided over the years. But instead, we're just like, look, God has provided. We can't tell you how many thousands of times he's provided here. And here's the thing when we're talking about giving. If God has provided for the church that you're in, don't you think he can provide for your needs? Don't you think that he will take care of all your needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus? He promises that. And money is just one of those things that it's been misrepresented. It's been misused. It is, and I even think of those of you that might be here. This might be your first, second, third week. And you're like, but Ed, I came from a church like that. I got ripped off at my last church. And they were in this weird prosperity doctrine. And I, and I just got caught up in it all. And I gave a lot of money to them. Let me just speak to you for a second. When you gave, for whatever reason, just understand, you gave unto the Lord, and the Lord will deal with those guys. You just don't need to look back anymore. Don't let somebody that ripped you off change your generous heart. Because this gift doesn't just operate in the church, although that's the primary way we've looked at it right now. You're a generous person everywhere. Your heart is just moved. You, you see a need, you meet it. You, you, you see a situation, you want to provide for it. It's not just a church thing. The church thing is your practice of how this then works in the world. I mean, if you don't give faithfully to your local church, what makes you think you're going to be generous anywhere else? What makes you think that your heart's going to be any more open until the Lord starts dealing with that place in your heart about giving? Especially for you with the gift of giving, God just uses you. And I know you love it. I know you love it. It's great to be used of God. And it's great to be in a place where the resources that he's entrusted you. You know, I guess you could look at it this way. You got two hands, right? The gift of giving, the person's hands like this. And money just flows through them. Resources just flow through them. They have it, it goes. They have it, they go. 
The person without the gift of giving or doesn't know how to exercise or just has, their hands like this. And they just try to hold on with little they have and they wonder why they always struggle, why they always have difficulties, why like, they got this one just go, man, it's just free flowing. And then this one's holding so tight. And when the Lord starts to apprehend your heart, you begin to see your hand open. And an open hand is both ready to receive from the Lord and also to give it away. And it's another thing Pastor Chuck Smith taught us. He made a commitment. He heard in a Bible study uh, somewhere that he was listening that somebody said that they, you can't outgive God. That was their stand. And that's true. You can't outgive God. And he internalized that in his own life. And he says, I'm determined the rest of my life to outgive God. And he never was able to do it. In heaven, he knows now. No, nope, sorry, Chuck. Ain't going to happen. You can't outgive me. I'm the initiator. Okay, let's end with a couple of things. Five practical principles. Would you turn over to 1 Corinthians 16? Let's look at five practical principles on Christian giving. I have done a series on giving when we taught through verse by verse here in chapter 16, as well as 2 Corinthians. If you want to learn about giving, you, you want to learn our philosophy, our biblical philosophy on giving, I taught through verse by verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that section there, and then here in 1 Corinthians 16. You can listen to it and send me any questions you might have. But here are some foundational principles when it comes to giving. Number one, well, let's read it together first. Verse 1, chapter 16. Now concerning the collection of the saints, I've given orders to the churches in Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, Storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. And when I come, whoever you approve by your letters, I'll send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. But it's fitting that I go also, that they will go with me. So here's a few principles that will help you in your giving. Number one, determine to give no matter your income. Determine to obey God in this area of giving no matter your income. Because there's really nowhere in the Bible where God releases us from this vital place of obedience. Nowhere. Now, I do know there is that passage in 2 Corinthians that talks about giving cheerfully and not begrudgingly. And some people will flip that around and go, well, you know, I just, I'm, I'm giving with a grudge, so I'll stop giving. No, that's not the point. The point is to deal with your grudge. The point is to deal with why your hands are so tight. They're not to stop something that God wants, to, wants you to learn. You know, with giving, again, because it's been so misused, People think, well, again, here is a church fundraising. No, no, no. God doesn't use giving to raise funds. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God uses giving to reveal our hearts. It's a heart revealer and to disciple us. Every time I give, I give a little bit of my selfishness in a way. Every time I give, I give a little bit of my self-centeredness away. Every time I give, my faith is built up to trust God in that area of my life. And so determined to give ahead of time. That's what he says here. Hey, be prepared. Lay it aside. Number two, giving, we learn here, is an individual matter. Notice in verse two, he says, let each one of you. Now, of course, as a married couple, you'd also make this decision as a married couple, but the reality is, it is an individual matter that you give individually or as a couple. And this is something, parents, please, please, now, today, start teaching your kids how to give individually. They have a responsibility to give of all the increase in their lives, whether it's an allowance or birthday gifts or they find a quarter on the street. That was an increase from the Lord. It belongs to Him. At a very young age, the kids need to understand that everything they have belongs to the Lord. I know some families, they like to keep all their finances private from the kids. I suggest you involve the kids in your finances. Show them God's provision. Show them what he's doing. Pray through the difficult. You know, they see you all stressed out. Tell them why you're stressed out. Tell them what you're praying for. Make the prayer at the dinner table more than, thank you for this food. And then, you know, also the food in my mouth. You know, make it a big time. Like, man, look, we have a need, God. We have a need. And I'm thankful for the food on my table, but I, we have a need. And teach your kids. That's something that we did as a young age, teaching our kids how to give to the Lord. And some of you are like, well, that's because you're a pastor. No, we had kids before I was a pastor. We had kids. We had a son before I was saved, for goodness sake. 
But I had to learn, I wanted my kids to understand, everything they have comes from the Lord. Everything. And they have an obligation to obey God in honoring Him, because giving is an honor. It's an honoring statement for us that, God, I know that this came from you. And so we taught our kids 10% to the Lord right away. And then 10% to savings. And then Marie went a little bit extra and said, okay, put a little bit more ahead, you know, for a rainy day or for some emergency or some birthday gift you need to find. Yes, we made our kids buy their own birthday gifts for their friends. Yes, we wanted them to give something of themselves. And it's amazing the kind of money kids come into and what they try to hide under their beds (laughs) as you teach them the value of money. Because if there's anyone that's to be generous, it's going to be believers. And where will they learn generosity if they don't learn it from you and they don't see it from you? How will they ever know the provision of God if you don't say, you will not believe, kids, what God has done? It's amazing. All right? So giving is an individual matter. Number three, giving is a private matter. It's a private matter. And what I mean by that is what, exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 6. When you do your charitable deed, don't, don't play the trumpet. Make sure everybody knows, look what I've given. You know, here, there was a guy in town here. He's not here anymore. But, uh, and I, I heard this, and I actually saw it because he was on TV once. There was a guy in town that when it was time to tithe, he would have everyone put their check in the air and wave it in the air. It's time to tithe. Put your check in the air. Wave it just like you don't care. You know, they would do that. It would be like a big deal. And you'd come up and with big gifts and he would announce, if you have a gift over X amount, come on up. Yay! You have another gift. If you have a little gift, just put it in the box. Whatever. Don't do that. It's between you and the Lord. And don't expect your name going to be anywhere. It's not going to happen. Don't give to get. Give as an honoring obedience to the Lord. Fourthly, plan and predetermine what you will give. Plan and predetermine. It's what he says, on the first day of the week, lay aside. On the first day of the week, lay aside. So plan and predetermine what you will give. Our giving should not be sporadic, just whenever we want or whenever we get to it. It shouldn't be unplanned. It It is a regular part of worship. So much so that some churches, maybe even one you came from, will do an open offering. And they'll pass bags or plates around so that that kind of represents an offering of of worship. And I have nothing against that. What we do here is we have boxes here, just like at the temple, and that when you come to worship, that's part of your giving. And of course, you know, everything has gone online, so you have to really make sure that, that when you're giving online, that you're remembering that you're honoring the Lord even online, especially if you have it set up uh, on something regular where, you know, well, I just set up regular like so I don't need to worry about it. There's a piece of worship when it comes to that, but acknowledging every time you get a check, every time you get a direct deposit, God, I receive this from you and I give this to you. Super important. You don't want to lose that part. I mean, you, you want to make sure that you give, you give in such a way where you honor the Lord and it is a part of your spiritual life. And then number five, another tip here in this section is our giving should be proportionate, proportionate. If you have a lot, you should give a lot. If you have a little, you should give a little um, in proportion. Of course, in the Old Testament, they would use the tithe, which means 10%. But when it comes to the new covenant, tithing isn't obligated. There's not an obligation of tithing. Tithing is a beginning of understanding your giving. I mean, it's not a measurement of your giving. It's a beginning. Because what's the proportion in the new covenant? This may shock you. You ready? You want to know what your giving obligation in the new covenant is? Everything. That's what Romans 12 says. Present yourself a living sacrifice. And money is just a way to measure that. We want to make sure that God, we acknowledge that God owns everything. You may think, I don't have much to give. But as Jesus was pointing out with the widow, when she gave of her two mites, she gave more than that prosperous guy. Why? Because it was proportionate. To whom much is given, much is required. And so it is a proportionate thing, which means it's not the amount of money. And this is something I would teach my kids as well. It's not about the amount of money you have. Whatever you have is what God has given you. It's what you do with what you have that's most important. Be faithful. And that's, that gives us the ability to be equal in this room. No matter what our status is, what our economic background is, whether we have a lot or a little, whether we're in over our heads or in deep in debt. I mean, if you're, in, if you're deep in debt right now, you know that affects your giving. It affects your thinking. It affects everything about you. 
And, and on top of being, you know, besides being in debt, we, have, we, we work for the gov- We work under an element where the government's over us, and they understand this principle, don't they? Because when they take their money, they take it first, straight up. Remember your first paycheck when you were young? You're like, I make this amount of money, but what is this? Ah, because they, just, they got their hand in your pocket before you ever see it. They see it before you see it, and you worked for it. And yet when it comes to giving to the church, like, no, we don't even... No, because look, I got this, this, and this, and I'm so deep in debt. Well, debt, you know, debt that's not manageable. If you're deep in debt, you're over your head in debt right now, that's reflective of you not being a good steward of the resources you have. And you go, no, Ed, no, I, I ran into rough times. I realize that. I'm not certainly speaking to every situation, but this overabundance of consumer debt today, do you know that we're at, again, at the highest level of consumer debt in the United States ever? You don't get it. There's not a lot of that on the news, but it's true. Oh, you just do a little digging. It's all there. And for us, we don't want to be beholden. We don't want to be a slave to our debtor. You can use debt wisely, using other people's money. You know, the interest rate of whatever loan you have is just the cost of using someone else's money. That's all. It's just, and it can be very costly, or it can also be very wise. But you want to be careful because you don't want the government taking it first and then all your debtors taking it first. And what do you have left? Nothing. You want to be wise with what God has given you. And maybe that's just a word from the Lord right now. You need to get out of debt. That's going to make you more usable for the kingdom. Sit down with someone that does that kind of stuff and let them show you how easy it was. We would have never, you know, Marie and I, we carried so much debt because of my bad spending habits and my part. I brought so much into our marriage. It was, it was, I mean, it was, I didn't think we'd ever get out of it. But in order to move to Colorado, that was, we had to get out of debt. We had to come debt-free. We would have never been able to make it if we didn't. And you know what? God was, I don't even know how he did it, but he was able to take whatever resources he handed to us. And we were able to come here prepared to serve in this community without debt. And so that's a big deal about giving. It doesn't really reflect the person that has the gift of giving, but these practical things on giving are important. It was George Mueller that said this, God judges what we give by what we keep. And so remember that as you step in. God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to help people through giving in order to support the truth that God himself is a giver. Amen? Father, I thank you for the gift of giving and the men and women that you have gifted in this, in our church, in the church, I think of ministries that have been gifted, organizations, schools, universities. Thank you for the privilege of resources you've entrusted to us. May they multiply and be used for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Church. For prayer, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. To listen to this message in its entirety or to join us for our live stream services, visit us online at calvaryco.church or download our free Calvary Church app. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.